What are the leaders doing? By Rosa Luxemburg, 7th of January 1919. In the fiery atmosphere of revolution, people and things mature with incredible speed. It was only just three weeks ago when the National Conference of the Workers' and Soldiers' Councils ended that Abert Scheidemann appeared to be at the zenith of their power. The representative body of the revolutionary masses of the workers and soldiers of all Germany had blindly submitted itself to their leadership. The convocation of the National Assembly, the sidelining of the street, the downgrading of the Executive Council, and thereby the workers and soldiers councils to impotent phantoms, what a triumph of the counter-revolution all along the line. The fruits of the 9th of November appear to have been squandered and bargained away. The bourgeoisie could again breathe easily. The masses were perplexed, disarmed, angry and yet despairing. Abert Scheidemann considered themselves to be at the pinnacle of power. Blind fools. Not even 20 days have passed since then and overnight their apparent power has begun to totter. The masses are the real power. The real power by virtue of their interests, by virtue of historical necessity, by virtue of the iron must of history. Even if they are temporarily chained and their organisations are formally robbed of any power, they need only stir themselves into action and stiffen their backbones and already the ground trembles beneath the feet of the counter-revolution. Anyone present at yesterday's mass demonstration in the Seegers Allee Anyone who shared the solid revolutionary convictions, the magnificent mood and energy of the masses, had to come to the conclusion, as a result of the education they have received in recent weeks and from recent events, the proletarians have undergone an enormous political development. They have become conscious of their power, and the only thing lacking is making use of this power. At this moment in time, as they incessantly bleat about putschers, Abert Scheidemann and those for whom they work, the bourgeoisie, are experiencing the same disappointment as the last bourbon did when in response to his cry of outrage about the rebellion of the people of Paris, he was told by his minister, Sire, that is not a rebellion, it is a revolution. Yes, it is a revolution, with all manner of chaotic developments on its surface. With its alternation of ebbs and flows, with momentary surges aimed at a seizure of power and equally momentary retreats by the revolutionary wave. And through all these apparent zigzags, the revolution victoriously wins through, step by step, and advances unstoppably. The masses must learn to struggle and act in the struggle itself. And that is what can be felt today. To a very great extent, the workers of Berlin have learnt to act. They long for decisive action for clarity and for far-reaching initiatives. They are not the same as they were on the 9th of November. They know what they want and what they should do. But are their leaders, the executive organs of their will, up to the tasks confronting them? Have the energy and determination of the revolutionary independent workplace representatives and the trade union shop stewards in the big enterprises increased in the meantime? Have the energy and determination of the radical elements in the USPD increased? Has their ability to act kept pace with the growing energy of the masses?
We fear that we cannot answer this question with a simple yes. We fear that the leaders are still the same as they were on the 9th of November and have learnt only little. 24 hours have passed since the ABUC government took action against ICON. The masses have enthusiastically followed the appeal issued by their leaders. They have spontaneously achieved the reinstatement of ICON through their own strength. They have spontaneously occupied the offices of Forts at their own initiative and they have taken control of the bourgeois editorial offices and the WTB, Wolf's Telegraphic Bureau. As far as possible, they have armed themselves. They await further instructions and actions from their leaders. But what have the latter done and decided in the meantime? What steps have they taken in order to safeguard the victory of the revolution in this tense situation, in which the fate of the revolution will be decided at least for the next period ahead? We see and hear nothing. It may be the case that the workers' shop stewards are engaged in profound and extensive discussions, but now it is a matter of taking action. Abert Scheidemann are certainly not wasting their time with discussions. They are certainly not asleep. With the usual energy and caution of counter-revolutionaries, they are quietly preparing their intrigues. They are sharpening their sword in order to take the revolution by surprise and inflict a mortal blow on it. Other spinous elements are certainly already diligently at work, paving the way for negotiations and securing compromises in order to throw a bridge across the bloody abyss which has already opened up between the masses of workers and soldiers and the ABEC government, and thereby lead the revolution astray into a compromise with its mortal enemies. No time is to be lost. Sweeping measures must be taken right now. Clear and immediate directives must be issued to the masses and to the revolutionary soldiers. The correct goals must be set for their energy and their keenness to fight. The facilitating elements among the troops can be won for the sacred cause of the people only through resolute and unambiguous action on the part of the revolutionary bodies. Act. Act. Courageously, resolutely and consistently. That is the damn duty and obligation of the revolutionary workplace representatives and the genuinely socialist party leaders. Disarm the counter-revolution, arm the masses, Occupy all positions of power. Act speedily. The revolution demands this. Its hours count for months in world history and its days for years. May the organs of the revolution be conscious of the heavy duties which they bear. Original. Vosmachen de Führer. De Rotafana, number 7, 7th of January 1919. Translation. Stan Crook.